Dunkel Index Podcast. I'm Ben Dunkel, and here with me is a guy who calls his own shots, largely based on accumulation of data. That's my dad, Bob Dunkel. Hey, Ben. Good to see you. And uh, I want you to know that uh, in honor of uh, Odell Beckham Jr., I am wearing a watch for this week's uh, picks. Now, it's only a $40 Timex, but the symbolism is the same. So looking forward to a big uh, pro football weekend coming up. The symbolism is right. His turned out to be fake. Oh, did it? Oh, wow. Then we're not that dissimilar after all. It was, it was and I have off. more in common than we thought. Yeah. <laughs> so um, real quickly before we get started, uh, I'd like to mention that the article is up on the website for both college and pro previews for this weekend's games. And also like to mention uh, to follow the Dunkel Index on Twitter where uh, we're posting um, links and, and that sort of fun stuff. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, love the fact that uh, people are checking us out on the podcast and uh, check us out on social media as well. And of course, you can get all the picks for this weekend's NFL, college football, Major League Baseball, you name it uh, at dunkelindex.com. So thanks so much for the support. Right. All right. So now let's look ahead at week four. And like you said, we'll get started with tonight's game. It's Philadelphia at Green Bay. Eagles have a disappointing start so far this season. They're one and two, number 17 in the index. Green Bay is three and oh, number 11 in the index after their big win last weekend. So the line here is Green Bay by five, and I think it might have fallen to Green Bay by four now. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, it does seem to be trending the Eagles way at the moment, and, and that's consistent with where the index is right now. You know, Philadelphia, uh, the expectations are high coming into the season with Carson Wentz back and healthy. Uh, and they've unfortunately, out of the gate, fallen into this pattern of digging themselves some early holes. Uh, they did that in week one against the Redskins. But Washington being one of the lowest rated teams in the index, uh, they were able to overcome that. They did not have that similar good fortune against Atlanta two weeks ago. And then last week uh, against Detroit at home, uh, you know, they gave up a big play in a, a hundred yard kickoff return and couldn't, couldn't quite handle Matt Stafford and, and the Lions uh, offense and uh, fell down early, uh, clawed their way back, had a chance to go up late when they blocked a Matt Prater field goal uh, and recovered in, in uh, Detroit's territory, but uh, fourth down offensive, uh, pass interference call on Darren Sproles uh, kind of nipped that in the bud. So the Eagles fall to one and two. Uh, Green Bay uh, were expected to be back. The pack uh, was supposed to be back with Aaron Rodgers back as, and healthy. And um, Matt LaFleur, uh, the new coach, uh, kind of an offensive-minded uh, coach, and he and Rodgers were expected to to connect early and often. 3-0, and you can't be disappointed in uh, Green Bay right now at the start. But ironically, the the attention and and the the strength of the team thus far has been more on the defensive side of the ball. And that was highlighted in their win over Denver last week, 27-16, to where they sacked Joe Flacco six times, uh, including three by Preston Smith, which was a career high for, for him. And uh, they forced three turnovers. And... Come into week four with the largest turnover margin at plus six. So a little bit of a surprise in, in the way the pack have been winning and, and a similar surprise in the way the Eagles have been losing by falling down early. 
But a couple trends we see coming into this one that, that catch our eye, uh, the Eagles are 4-1 against the spread in their last five road games. Green Bay is just 5-11-1 against the spread in its last 17 games against NFC opponents. So they have not played as well uh, against conference opponents as they have out of conference. And that was kind of highlighted last week by beating up on the AFC's Denver Broncos. So as you said, Ben, the, the line was at five. It's, it's dropped down to four. Uh, the Dunkel Index has this at closer to a two-point game. So we think the Eagles, with their backs to the wall, go into Green Bay tonight and keep this one within the spread. Let's hope so. Uh, my buddy Brian's going to be at the game. Oh, is that right? Yep. Uh, well, he's got yeah. some family who has uh, season tickets to Green Bay, so he's out there. Never disappointing to go to Lambeau Field. Even if you're an Eagles fan, uh, just to go to Lambeau is always a pleasure. So I'm sure he's going to have a great time. Hopefully he'll see a really good football game. It, it looks like they should. The Eagles, not as bad as they've started out. And uh, Green Bay, uh, probably where expected, although still not quite clicking on the offensive end. So again, we, we look for the Eagles to keep this one close. Let's hope so. So next up is a pair of unbeaten teams that I don't think anybody would have expected one of them to be unbeaten so far. It's New England at Buffalo. New England's 3-0, and number one in the index. Buffalo also 3-0 and so far, number 18 in the index. The line on this one is New England by seven. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, one very surprising team and, and one not so surprising team. Although if you look at the... Uh, Teams they've played, probably not all that surprising. Uh, Patriots have played uh, three teams that have a combined 0-9 record, and the Bills have played three teams that have a combined 1-8 record. So they haven't exactly been excelling against the best teams in the league. But 3-0 is 3-0, and uh, they'll both take it. The Patriots, very similar to Green Bay, uh, their star quarterback continues to look uh, very good in, in Tom Brady, but also similar. Uh, the defense has kind of stolen the show early. Uh, they are the first team in the Super Bowl era to not allow a rushing or passing TD through the first three weeks. So, you know, with that offense and that defense, Bill Belichick's team looks scary as usual, maybe even more so right now. The Bills, as I said, haven't played the, the toughest schedule to date, but they're 3-0 and for the first time since 2011 and just the third time in their last 26 years. So they are definitely enjoying this up in Buffalo. Last week, uh, they beat the hapless Bengals 21-17 to uh, and showed some resilience. Uh, they led 14 to nothing, looked like they were going to cruise to victory, and then all of a sudden Andy Dalton and the Bengal offense ripped off three straight scoring drives uh, and went up. But uh, Josh Allen, who has been kind of up and down as as young quarterbacks are expected to be, um, hit Dawson Knox, their tight end, for a big play down the stretch. And Frank Gore, the ageless Frank Gore, uh, punched it in for the game-winning touchdown. So the Bills survived at home, uh, but definitely a step up in a major way in competition this weekend, uh, even though they're staying at home. Couple trends that, that we've noted for this one. New England is 12 and three against the spread in their last 15 road games versus a team with a winning record. So uh, whether it's at home or on the road uh, and whether it's against losers or winners, the Pats bring their big best game usually. 
Buffalo is just 5-16-1 against the spread in their last 22 home games against New England. So not surprisingly, the Patriots have feasted on their uh, AFC opponents, uh, division opponents, and the Bills have been no exception. So this one uh, has been moving up New England's way. It's up to seven points. Uh, we still think that's plenty of, uh, of room for the Patriots to cover this one. The Dunkel index margin is 15 and a half points. So while Buffalo was able to escape its mistakes last week against the Bengals, uh, they're going to have to bring their A++ game uh, against the Patriots. But we still don't think it's enough, and we we look for New England to cover on this one on the road. Yeah, I hate to agree with you, but I do. Talk of the perfect season continues, uh, and I expect that uh, it will be continuing again after Sunday. Well, they proved themselves to me. It was uh, I thought it was a big deal that they released Brown, uh, so I was actually pretty glad to see that. That's the old cliche, uh, I think, addition through subtraction there. You know, if he was going to be a model citizen, uh, then it definitely uh, would have been a real asset for him. Uh, but with all the, the off-the-field controversy swirling around him, uh, I think Pat's made the right move. And in cutting their losses, there, and it really wasn't a loss. I don't think they ended up having to pay him anything. And, um, you know, Pats are good about that. They move on quickly. And uh, they certainly did against the Jets last yeah. week. Didn't seem to have any hangover at all from all the Brown controversy. Yep. All right. Next up is maybe the smallest rivalry in the NFL, Cleveland at Baltimore. Cleveland 1-2, and two, number 23 in the index. Baltimore is 2-1, and one, number 4 in the index. The line here uh, is just Baltimore by 7. What do you think? Yeah, lest we forget, the Ravens uh, have their birth uh, through Cleveland. Uh, of course, the Browns moved there when Art Modell pulled out out of Cleveland, and uh, then the Browns got the expansion team. So this is, yes, like you said, a small rivalry, but uh, it's pretty one-sided. I don't think Baltimore cares, but Cleveland cares. <laughs> exactly, yes. One of those one-sided rivalries, no doubt. You know, the Ravens had the, uh, the biggest contest of the week last week uh, against the Chiefs. Uh, as we said, it was a battle of the two teams that if anybody in the AFC is going to challenge New England this year, it, it was probably uh, one of those two. And it didn't disappoint. Uh, both Lamar Jackson and, and Patrick Mahomes had, had very good games. But as has been the case lately, Mahomes had just a little bit better. And he and the Chiefs offense uh, put up over 500 yards against a, a good Ravens defense uh, in a 33 to 28 win. But Baltimore never never gave up uh, and had a shot late to to, to win it. Um, but you know the old chasing points all game usually comes back to haunt you, and they failed on three two point conversions. So uh, they could never quite get over that hump, and they end up suffering their first loss of the season. But a real positive that came out of that, besides the continued growth of Jackson, I mean, he's doing it all with both his uh, arm and feet, uh, was the play of running back Mark Ingram, who the Ravens added from New Orleans. Ingram had over 100 yards rushing and three touchdowns. So, you know, the Ravens traditionally have loved that big back, kind of pound into the line, and they seem to have found that again this year in, in Mark Ingram. For the Browns, uh, you know, the, the, the hope in Cleveland continues. Uh, this, this was the team that 
was supposed to put all those bad nightmares of Cleveland's past to rest. And they've looked good at times. Uh, two weeks ago, got their first win of the season against the Jets. But but last week, uh, ran into a really good team in, in the L.A. Rams. And uh, even though they were at home, uh, Aaron Donald and the L.A. defense shut down Cleveland. And it's been a little bit of a, a troubling sign initially for the Browns, uh, where Baker Mayfield, their wonderkin quarterback who was supposed to supposed to continue his growth this year. He's struggled at times and hasn't really been making the plays that uh, he needs to make in, in key situations. And that was the case again against L.A. He was just 18 of 36 for 195 yards. Uh, when he was getting rid of the ball quickly, uh, things seemed to be going well. But when he was holding on to the ball or scrambling, uh, things would fall apart quickly. And he he ended up getting sacked three times. So, not a great game for Mayfield. They had a shot late, uh, had the ball on L.A.'s four with four shots at the end zone to tie or maybe even go for the win with a two-pointer, and Mayfield couldn't punch it in. So that's been the storyline early for Cleveland, missed opportunities. Uh, the Ravens, for the most part, have been able to take advantage of their opportunities, and we see that trend continuing this week. Uh, Cleveland is just 7-19-1 against the spread in its last 27 games versus teams with a winning record. So they have struggled, uh, as they did last week against the Rams, against the better teams. And Baltimore, as you said, it's it's been more of a one-sided rivalry. They're 5-2 and two against the spread in their last seven games against the Browns. So Vegas has this one a seven-point game, which I agree. I think that sounds a little low, but I think there's still all this excitement surrounding Cleveland. Uh, I don't know if there will be uh, as much when they're one and three, and that looks to be the case this week. Uh, Dunk the Dunkel Index has this margin at ten points, so we see uh, Baltimore bouncing back from that tough loss against Kansas City and uh, taking care of the Browns this week and covering the seven. Yep. All right, next up is a really interesting matchup with a really tempting line. It's Minnesota at Chicago. Minnesota 2 and 1, number 8 in the index. Chicago also now 2 and 1, uh number 14 in the index. So the line here uh Chicago by 2 and a half. Some places have it Chicago by 2. What do you think? Yeah, the, you know, the black and blue division uh of the old uh, NFC uh North there is back. And uh, in a big way, uh, these are two hard-hitting teams, and I look for this to be uh, one of the better matchups of the weekend. The Vikings uh, came back last week, you know, looked look pretty bad against the Packers the week before. And frankly, a uh, major disappointment for the index is we had Minnesota favored on the road against Green Bay. But has has been uh, Kirk Cousins' tendency uh, in the past. Uh, he threw uh, an interception late, uh, and Minnesota couldn't quite come back. But last week was a different story, uh, and, of course, a different team they played. They played the Raiders and a uh, much lower-rated team, and the Vikings had no trouble covering that one. Cousins wasn't spectacular, but he was solid, 15 of 21 for 174 yards and a TD to Adam Thielen. Uh, and I think that's when the Vikings are at their best, when, when they're not relying on Cousins too much. Uh, instead, uh, they've been relying on Dalvin Cook 
your old FSU Seminole, Ben. And Dalvin Cook, when healthy, uh, probably the best back in football right now. Certainly has been through the first three weeks. He rushes for 110 yards and a touchdown last week. And after the week three, leads the NFL in rushing with 375 yards. So a heavy dose of Cook and uh, some light touch from Cousins. And the Vikings come away with a nice 34-14 to win. For the Bears, uh, they set the tone early, as uh, they like to do with their defense. Uh, they went into Washington on Monday night, facing a Redskins team that's no doubt struggling, but still with their back-to-wall and a home crowd. Uh, you, you weren't sure if they could maybe pull off the upset, but boy, Chicago nipped that in the bud quickly. Uh, the old Redskin, ha-ha Clinton Dix. Started off the scoring with a pick six, and the Bears never looked back. Big news for Chicago fans, though, was more the play of Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, their much-scrutinized quarterback, who uh, has been somewhat of a disappointment, although got him to the playoffs last year. But I don't know if he, he exactly carried him. That's been more the defense that has carried him. So I think Chicago fans feel like, boy, if Trubisky can can really deliver to go with that defense, uh, the Bears have the makings of a team that, that could get to the Super Bowl. And Trubisky looked very good against Washington. He was 25 of 31 for 230 yards and three TDs, his first TD passes of the season to Taylor Gabriel. So sets up very nicely uh, for, for a big struggle at Soldier Field on Sunday. As you said, Ben, uh, it's a two-and-a-half-point line. We've got a couple trends that we're looking at. Uh, the Vikings are just one and six against the spread in their last seven games versus a team with a winning record. So, again, under Cousins, uh, they have not played their best football against winning teams. Chicago is eight and two against the spread uh, in their last ten following a win. So they don't seem to let down. In fact, wins, wins uh, generate momentum on the Chicago side of the ball, and we see that here. Two-and-a-half-point line, the Dunkel Index has the margin Chicago by five. So we see uh, the Bears' defense being able to stop stop Cook, and if you can stop Cook, uh, then you can start to focus on getting to Cousins. And uh, we don't see the Vikings having what it takes to get past this one. Bears covering the two-and-a-half. Yep. All right. Uh, last up is a treat on Monday night. It's Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Something's got to give. Pittsburgh 0-3, number 21 in the index. Cincinnati also 0-3, number 26 in the index. Um, we mentioned earlier in the show, Pittsburgh played well uh, this weekend, but not well enough to win. And uh, the line here is Pittsburgh by four. What do you think? Yeah, Ben, shouldn't this be the Thursday night game? I mean, that's usually <laughs> where, the, where the dogs lie. Right. Uh, Flex scheduling. Let's flex yes. this one. <laughs> yes. Why wait till December for flex scheduling? Let's start it in September. Um, yeah, you know, uh, this we got a great Thursday nighter tonight, and uh, and instead we're looking at this on, on Monday night. But, yeah, when the scheduler sat down, this is a, a matchup that traditionally has has been solid, and these have been two playoff contending teams. But instead they come into this uh, combined 0-6 and major question marks abound on both sides. Um, the Steelers, as we've talked about, uh, off to their first 0-3 start, uh, or rather second 0-3 start uh, since 2000. So this is 
uncharted territory for the most part for uh, uh, Mike Tomlin's team. Uh, and adding salt to the wounds has been the loss of quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. But as we noted at the top, Mason Rudolph came in last week and played well, especially in the second half. Uh, he connected with two long TD passes uh, to Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson. And actually had the Steelers up in the fourth quarter against a very much improved uh, San Francisco 49ers team. But uh, the defense, which had forced five turnovers, uh, couldn't stop the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo late. And the Niners come away with the 24-20 win, dropping Pittsburgh to 0-3. Cincinnati, uh, the Marvin Lewis era is done. Zach Taylor comes in, takes over, but unfortunately the struggles of last year's final Lewis team seem to be the same struggles of this year's new Zach Taylor team. Offensive inconsistency behind QB Andy Dalton continues to be a trademark there. Uh, Dalton and the Bengals started off roughly at Buffalo, as we noted uh, looking at the Buffalo uh, game earlier, uh, they were held to just 90 yards and three first downs in their first nine possessions. Uh, just not going to win football games that way. Dalton gets it going in the second half, and they, they do rip off 17 straight points, but uh, Bills go up late, and then Dalton, uh, as has been a tendency, uh, throws in a late interception to nip any comeback in the bud. So Cincinnati comes into this one with a 7-18-1 uh, record against the spread in their last 26 against Pittsburgh. Uh, the Steelers have clearly been a nemesis for the Bengals in the past. Uh, and the Steelers formed uh, one against the spread on, on Monday nights. So they have enjoyed the spotlight in the past, although this is a different team without Ro Roethlisberger under center. Still at home uh, against a Bengals team that just looks uh, dysfunctional right now. We think the Steelers have enough to cover this one. The line is Pittsburgh by four. Uh, the Dunkel Index has this one, uh, Pittsburgh by seven. So one team is going to get off the schneid this week, and we are taking the Steelers minus the four to be the one. Okay. So that brings us to the end of the week four NFL five for the drive. Um, anything else you want to say about this upcoming week? Uh, no, a good slate of games. Uh, you know, really looking forward to, uh, as we said, the, the Minnesota Chicago game. Uh, this is uh, going back to the, the Buckus Allen page era of hard nosed football. So, uh, have that one circled and uh, and looking forward to tonight's game too. I I am expecting the Eagles uh, a little better performance uh, than they showed last week against against Detroit. So uh, hoping that we get started off on a good note tonight. We have been uh, three and zero uh, against spread in um, in the last three Thursday night games. So Thursdays have been have been kind of the index so far. So looking forward to continuing that trend. Interesting. And as we're getting into later in the season, stuff starts to normalize a little bit. Have you seen anything else that stands out to you so far? Uh, you know, I think uh, the Niners uh, playing so well uh, has really caught our attention. Uh, you know, under Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Jimmy G looks to be healthy. Uh, they're off this week, so they will keep that that perfect record intact. But uh, have enjoyed watching the Niners early. Uh, you know, some of the teams 
that we thought would be back, like the Falcons uh, under Matt Ryan, and as we noted, Cincinnati under Andy Dalton, um, just not not nearly as good as expected. And then uh, there are the true bottom feeders right now, uh, led by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, just what a disaster down there. You got to feel for Brian Flores, and I would be shocked if he's not texting Bill Belichick, wondering if there's an opening to come back in New England. I mean, they just seem to have thrown in the towel and no spread is too big right now for the Dolphins. Don't think we've seen something quite like that so early in the season. And as people have noted, uh, we've kind of become accustomed to tanking in the NBA and Major League Baseball. We've never seen it at the NFL level, but this is uh, probably the first uh, it does look like the Dolphins are playing for nothing but a draft pick right now. Yeah, maybe it's time for uh, the lottery to make its way to the NFL. <laughs> Bring the ping pong balls to the NFL. Uh, love it. We can have all the GMs or whomever sitting up there with the little cards and uh, you know, just like in the NBA, see who who gets to be the lucky guy that night. God, that draft would take forever. It would. It would. But, you know, uh, the NBA lottery came about because of of tanking. And uh, if this trend continues, I wouldn't be shocked to see the NFL do the same thing. I mean, it's just I mean, when you can't cover 20 point spreads as an NFL team in week three, there's something seriously wrong there. Yep. Cool. All right. So, uh, yeah. Be sure to check out the website for the written up article and also uh, check us out on Twitter at Dunkel Index and uh, give us a follow. Great, Ben. Hey, thanks as always. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. And uh, uh, we'll be doing a college football podcast here uh, later as well. So make sure to check out our college uh, football podcast for week five. I think we're up to now. Uh, we've got some some really good matchups coming up this weekend in college football as well. So make sure to check us out there. Cool. Sounds good. All right. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you. Okay. See you all. Bye-bye.